tonight I want to ask you one question. The question is this. If there was one thing you wanted to see before you died, what would it be? If there was one thing you wanted to see before you died, what would it be? Christmas is a good time to think about that. It's a time for kind of making wish lists, isn't it? You get those 50 things to do or see before you die, those bucket lists. What could you get your hands on this Christmas where you'd think, that's it? Life is complete. I never need another Christmas. Well, if you ask my two-year-old daughter, the answer would be obvious. Pat. 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 By which she means Postman Pat. Postman Pat. In every and every, any form. So this is a DVD, but we found out it also comes in toys and napkins and cakes and all sorts. Postman Pat. And you may have witnessed that kind of childish excitement, you know, kind of... My life would be complete if I get my hands on X. Back in the day, it was Buzz Lightyear. This year, I guess it's a working BB-8, if you know what that is. Next year, it'll be a smartphone, I'm sure. That childish enthusiasm. My life would be complete. But, but if you ask a grown-up that question, well, the list becomes a bit more serious, doesn't it? Might be something practical. I, I just want a stable financial future for my family. I, we just want a house to live in. Might be honest, kind of, I just want to rest this Christmas. I just want a breather from the stress and strain of work. It, it might be pretty personal. I'd love a relationship where someone really knows me. Or we'd just love to have a child. We'd love one month there to be a positive test. Some would be even more poignant, I guess. I just wish mum and dad would think I'd done a good job. Or... I want to see my children again. I want to patch things up in our marriage. Maybe you looked at that review of the year and things came to mind. More political ultimate wishes. I'd love to see an end of Brexit negotiations or safety from terrorism or a solution to Israel-Palestine or peace with North Korea or an end to global injustice against the poor. What would it be, your, your ultimate Christmas wish. Is there anything you could get your hands on that is so precious you could say, that's it. I'm ready. I'm ready to die. My life is complete. Now I've got that. Now I've seen that. I'm ready. What do you think? Maybe there are a few young folk here, optimistic folk, who, who do have some kind of grand ambitions like that and the kind of master plan to make it to prime minister and then make it happen. But I wonder if us older folk, maybe more cynical folk, I wonder if some of us are thinking, what is the point of playing an imaginary game like that? The biggest things I want just aren't possible. Middle East peace, perfect relationships, a terrorism-free country. I mean, dream on. Look, this world is a mess. Always has been, always will be. It's just better to hope for something small, like a Postman Pat DVD. At least then you don't get disappointed. Maybe you think... The one thing I've learned as I've got older in life is not to hope for something big. Others may be thinking, actually, as I've got older in life, I have got some of my hopes realized. I have got a fairly happy family. I have got a stable bank balance. I've even got a house or flat in Morningside. But actually, I'm still a long way short of saying I'm ready to die. In fact, I can't imagine anything I could get or do or see on earth 
that would leave me thinking I'm ready to go. Maybe for you, if you've learned one thing getting older in life, it's this, that nothing really satisfies. Not fully. So it's better to put the DVD on and just not think about it over Christmas. Well, in our reading just now from Luke's Gospel, we met a man called Simeon, a man who did have a huge thing at the top of his wish list. And he wasn't disappointed. He saw it come true. He had the top of his bucket list happen. And when it was ticked off, he said he was content to die. It's an extraordinary thing. Just listen again to what Simeon says. It's on the sheet, but you probably can't see it in the dark, so I'll read it. When the parents brought in the child Jesus, Simeon took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you're letting your servant depart in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation. Simeon says, that is it. I've seen it. I've got it. I'm ready to go. My life is complete. It's an extraordinary thing to say because this isn't a two-year-old talking about a Christmas toy. This is a man who's seen a lot of life. Actually, just like Anna at the end of the story, who's an 84-year-old widow who gets equally massively excited about Jesus' arrival. These people, both of them, have seen lots of life's up and downs. They've seen hopes come and disappointments follow. But after all those years, at this one moment, Simeon says, that's it. With that, I'm ready to die. I've seen Jesus. I've seen salvation. I'm ready to go. It's an extraordinary thing to say. Actually, the whole scene is extraordinary, if you think about it. So this guy, I guess he's quite old, Simeon, hanging around the temple. And in come a kind of uh, a young couple, really poor, Uh, no doubt bleary-eyed with their two-month-old baby, as usual. And Simeon comes bundling over to them and says, yes, yes, that's it. That's it. I've seen it. I've seen salvation. I'm ready to die in peace. I mean, no wonder the parents were marveling, Luke says, the historian. Of course they were. Steady on, fella. We've only just met. What is going on? that Simeon was so excited. Well, this is what's going on. Simeon realized that that little baby is the savior of the world. He realized Jesus is God's rescue plan to fix a broken world and to rescue broken people. You see, Simeon had been told by God that before he died, he would meet the Christ, That is the king who would save the world, the promised saviour king. Simeon knew what a big deal that was. Luke describes Simeon as someone waiting, literally, for the comfort of Israel. That means he was waiting for particular promises God made uh, in Isaiah, the prophet, to come true. God had announced hundreds hundreds of years before to Isaiah... Comfort, comfort my people. How was God going to do that? He was going to rescue them, save them. And not just from political problems, like the conquering Assyrians of Isaiah's day or the occupying Romans of Simeon's day, but actually from something even bigger, the problem of their broken relationship with God. 
See, there is going to be a day where God ends the injustices and the wars in this world. But before that great day of justice, he provides a way for us to prepare ourselves for it. You see, an even more serious problem than the Middle East peace process is the heavenly peace process. I don't say that lightly. But the question of how can guilty people on both sides of every conflict, guilty people get right with a perfect God? That is the biggest question. And God promised through Isaiah, comfort my people because one day I'll begin a peace process. Forgiveness will be on offer. Simeon knew all that. He knew Isaiah. And so he was waiting for that moment. And he'd had a divine tip-off. So these promises have been kind of hanging in the air for hundreds of years. But Simeon got a tip-off that it would be in his lifetime that they'd finally come true. And then this moment, this moment, standing there in front of him, he says, that's it. Jesus is the one, the Savior King, the rescue plan. And that's why Christians in this church and in countless churches all over the world get excited about Christmas. It's why we invite our friends to to come and join us and celebrate together at Christmas. It's not because we fall for the Christmas adverts. You know, the kind of, this year, these gifts will satisfy. Or the family dynamics are going to be utterly harmonious. Or the headlines are going to be happy. That's just make-believe. We all know that. It's wishful thinking. It's just supermarket propaganda. We get excited about Christmas because of solid history. Because there was a moment where Jesus arrived in Roman-occupied first-century Israel. God was delivering his promise to provide a way for salvation. And Simeon sees it, and he says, My eyes have seen your salvation. I've seen it. It's real. And like Simeon, we here think it's the biggest and best news on earth. But I wonder if, at that point, if you're not a Christian here, I wonder if you're starting to slightly zoom out, zone out, kind of. Okay, that's all very nice for Simeon. He was a devout Jew who believed Jesus was the fulfillment of the Jewish scriptures. Lovely, lovely, lovely for him. And it's all very nice for you Christians that you've found something that you think is really important to to hope for in life. But to be honest, that's just not really me. I'm not a religious person. It's not my thing. Or perhaps I have my own religion or, or a different belief system, and I'm quite happy with that, each to their own. And in a way, that would be a nice place to end, wouldn't it? We all need to find something to give us hope at Christmas, and it doesn't matter what it is or whether it's real or not, as long as it makes you feel better. But actually, neither Simeon here, or the Bible generally, allows that convenient conclusion. Just listen again to the global dimension of what Simeon sings. Lord, my eyes have seen your salvation, that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for revelation to the Gentiles. Simeon says this baby is not just a light for him, or for Israel, or for churches, but for all nations. In saying that, he's quoting another promise from Isaiah. Um, It may appear up on the screen. The promise was this, I will make you a light for the nations 
that my salvation may reach to the end of the earth. Simeon says, this baby, it's not just a savior for Israel, but for all peoples, for Scottish people, for Middle Eastern people, for Russian people, for European people, for East Asian people. It's why it's such a big moment when Simeon meets him. It's why we're here. It's why we're talking about Jesus in Edinburgh. One of the joys of our church family, if you come and join us on a Sunday, you're very welcome. There are Christians from all over the world, and I love that. Singaporeans, um, Eastern Europeans, Irish, Palestinian, Japanese, American, Chinese, Brazilians, Israeli, Welsh. I know tonight we, we have here kind of visitors from every nation, and that is wonderful. It's wonderful because Simeon says, Jesus is for you. The salvation God offers is for you. You're so welcome. Isaiah predicted this Christmas news would go global, and it has. Here we are tonight. The light has spread. And it was always going to go global because this is the one way of salvation on offer for everyone. You might think, why do we need saving? Lots of us feel like life's going okay, doing fine, don't need a rescue mission, thank you very much. Why is it a salvation everyone needs? Well, finally, because every single human being faces a problem, and it's a problem we can't avoid, and it's a problem we can't fix. The problem's this. We are all going to meet our maker, which, if you believe Hollywood films, might be quite fun, Bruce Almighty. <laughs> if you believe the Bible, actually, that could be a cause for concern. You see, Jesus and the Bible consistently teach that we've all wronged our God, even though he's given us everything, every breath, every good gift, our life. None of us treat him rightly. None of us loves him as he deserves. None of us love others as he told us to. In fact, it's quite the opposite. We mess up the world we made. Think the review of the year. We mess up other people he's made. We mess up ourselves. Sometimes that's dramatic. Sometimes it's just kind of proudly polite. Either way, we push God to one side, we ignore him, ignore what he says. And when Jesus comes into the world, he's like a kind of bright searchlight, showing up how far we've fallen. I don't know if you know much about the life of Jesus. There's a Christianity Explored course in the new year, if you do want to find out um, details on there. We'll look at an eyewitness account of his life. But when you look at the life of Jesus, it just shows how far we've fallen Shows us what real humanity should be like. Jesus, do you know, he always told the truth, whereas we often tell lies. Jesus always loves other people, whereas I'm often full of envy or pride. Jesus consistently served others at cost to himself. Most of us look after number one. Jesus always obeys God, whereas we prefer to call the shots. He shows us what humanity should be like, and none of us are anywhere near We've all turned to our own way. And again, you may think, it's just not a major problem. Each to his own. We all, we all find different ways to live. But, but God says, it is a major problem. Such a big problem, we need a rescue plan. Because he's perfect, and he's pure, and he's righteous. He doesn't watch a review of the year and shrug his shoulders and say, it doesn't really matter. He, he doesn't watch a, a review of my life on DVD and think, well, each to his own. Now, all of us are on a collision course with a just judge. 
We're all going to die. We're going to meet our maker. And to meet a perfect God, unforgiven, is a terrifying thought. It's a problem we all have. It's a problem we can't avoid. It's a problem we can't fix. Some try to fix it by pretending either God isn't there or he doesn't care, kind of lowering the standards. Others fix it saying, I'm not actually that bad, especially if you compare me to him or her. Others say, maybe we could balance the books, pay, thing, pay God back with some good deeds, maybe give money to church or charity. But you can't bribe or bend a perfect judge. It's all just wishful thinking. No, there's only one way, and this is why Christmas is such good news. God has provided the one way to come himself on a rescue mission as a baby to live the life we should have, as a man to die the death I deserve. That's why Simeon warns Mary that a sword is going to pierce her heart. Jesus was always heading to that Roman cross. And it is the most amazing gift. I'm out of time. I wish I had more time to explain it. Please come and chat to me if you want to understand it more. Simeon realizes this salvation in Jesus is the best thing on earth. The one thing that can prepare him to die in peace. So let me tell you, whatever is on top of your 99 things wish list. Nothing can be more important in life than preparing for death. Simeon could say, I'm ready to die in peace. Why? Not because he was perfect, of course not, but because he knew forgiveness was on offer in Jesus. He'd met the one who could make him right. He'd met the one who could give him peace to make to meet his maker. And actually, every Christian in this building should be able to say the same. Not that we're looking forward to aging or to dying, but we have real confidence that when death comes, we're ready, forgiven, and ready to meet our maker. And it's news that's so good, we would love to share it with you. If you want to know my Christmas list, wish, top of the list, is that some people here would see that salvation for what it really is for the first time. See what a wonderful, wonderful thing Christmas is.